0: Hello again, and welcome to another episode of the Rishis Radio Podcast, your home for the horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. I'm your host, Bernicke. With me is my good bud. You know him. You love him, to use his line. Schmidt, what up, kid?
1: <laughs> oh, not nothing much, man. How are you doing?
0: Good, dude. Good. You know, it's it's my Monday. I'm a little bush. You know, I had a <laughs> good weekend with the kiddies, you know, trying to enjoy some while it's still here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting
0: fast, but uh, it's okay. You know, this is kind of like uh, the time of year. I really enjoy weather-wise because it's it starts to get not too hot, not too cold. I could wear any watch strap I want. You know, throw on the light hoodie.
1: Well, you can. <laughs>
0: oh, true. <laughs> and, Geographically,
1: yes, yes. Where you where you are, yes, you can. Where I'm at, you will destroy every leather strap you've ever purchased in your life. So I think uh, I think today the heat index. Red one oh five when I got mm. in the car this afternoon. So of course the kid wants to go play, do stuff outside, and you know back in the day the heat used to not bother me, but like as I've gotten older, yeah, it's a thing. Oh my gosh, I always used to think my parents are just like weak, you know, like ah, oh, it's like no, no, just you just get fatigued by things like this. Now uh, it's real, it's not made up, but uh, you know, we do what we do. Yeah. yeah,
0: we're we're in the we're in the seesaw where you get one day of ninety and then one day of like sixty three.
1: <laughs> I mean, I I wish I could do that, you know, and get that kind of that kind of a little reprieve. I just got back from the from the West Coast, and so the weather was fantastic. Um,
0: missed the just, earthquake, <laughs> uh,
1: missed the earthquake, and missed the the subsequent now tropical storm. It was Correct. downgraded from the hurricane. But uh, yeah, very interesting uh, weather swings for me. So I went from like, you know, 75, 80 degrees to like now 105. And it's, I can see why people want to live on the West Coast. Let's just i hear say it's that. appealing
0: that's just you know i mean I, I hear, temperature I
1: wise that. it's it's appealing scenery wise certainly appealing as well i don't know traffic if...
0: wise not so much. yes <laughs> that's uh
1: <laughs> cost of living traffic taxes yeah definitely uh that's a no for me dog <laughs>
0: that's cool that's cool all right well uh we actually we got a, a fair amount of, of housekeeping that we haven't had in a while so uh just a, yes. a, a a few quick mentions here um quick shout out to fratello we we had a, a little a little mention in in one of their, their recent articles where they sort of recap their on air. Um, I think it was Stockton and Balaj were talking about, they, they sort of ran with the topic that we had from a a listener between us and and our other broskies and, uh, about doing sort of the one in one out, swapping your watches for something else like it, or what you would take its place was type of thing. So they did that too. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they threw a little mention our way. So we're grateful for that. And, uh, you know it's yes. just cool it's cool to see so things sort of like permeate you know and i even i even sent that back to the original person who who sort of you know <laughs> came up with what,
1: it what great bragging rights right yeah. like he's like i have the power i've it's like a, a, you know, a little, little ripple effect man <laughs> you
0: throw you throw a little stone and you just watch i mean oh. y-
1: you got to you kind of got to feel something
0: right yeah, it's neat it's very neat. So uh so, I, thank I you. again I, I sent him the the screenshot of it and I was like, look what you did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, look what you did and look what you made us do. Yeah. So but uh, thank I you think, for the content.
0: I think that's I think that's probably the, the best part about sort of this little hobby space is that you know, it doesn't really matter who you are, you can sort of make an impact. Like if you're if you're in some way shape or form contributing like somebody will, somebody will find it somebody will figure oh, it out yeah, for sure you know i mean i even saw i can't remember who's doing it was it morning wow. it was somebody's somebody's doing like a, a little thing about just like people and their so i like i guess they're like they're analog like they're uh like what they do outside of watches type of thing and like oh i think their first one was the was that dude bad art nice watch or yeah that's the guy um okay and uh you know just like talking about illustration and stuff like how you, you know how many people there are like doing some people are like coffee people you got the photo people yeah, you yeah, got you yeah. know there's so many different sort of the car folks and everything like so many different little like side hobbies involved that are sort of intertwined so i think you're going to be seeing a lot more of that but it's it's just cool to see people sort of get that um spotlight for a minute you know and, and you know there, sure. there are people uh you know like myself who've just been very fortunate to be right place right time a lot of times and you just get um you know things have just sort of snowballed and you, you know people kind of become a household name once in a while which is cool but um you know it's <laughs> it's you, you it's it starts somewhere you know there's there's uh definitely a jumping off point when you think about it right you think about sort of uh like sometimes i'll sit around and i'll think about like how like the name the names of people you think about, like how do you think about Jake Paul's boxing people, professional fighters now, and who's like a kid off of YouTube. Like it's it's just weird to think about like the progression of people who originally this was just somebody who started a page, you know. I mean somebody who yeah, started a yeah, channel. Yeah. It, it's it's just crazy to see where things have gone. I, I think that's sort of the inspiration for it. And I know that's a big inspiration for a lot of kids. Like that's that's the new um like when I was a little kid, you wanted to be an athlete. Now everybody wants yeah. to be everybody wants to be a YouTuber now.
1: Yeah, or an influencer right. or TikToker, right? right? Like That's right. kind of the that's kind of the whole thing. I mean,
0: understandably, why the perks are definitely quite nice, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, for just sure. like being an athlete, you know, it's sort of uh, a few and far between. But it's again, I, I think it's just the opportunity, the the ability to sort of sprout from, you know, again, all of these people started with one post, one video, one. So it's 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 just cool. It's cool, and and I think within our hobby space, it's. It's sort of magnified because we're a little bit of a smaller niche group. Yeah. So um, you know things are a little a little more loud where we are because we.
1: <laughs> and and that's a good thing, you know. No, it it's is a good nice, thing. It's, it's definitely... nice to have a little ripple. It's nice to have a resounding effect in some in some things. Although I will say that I didn't like how the Fratello Boys said we should change our name of our podcast. Oh, that that, that was happening. fun. That was that fun. Was, oh, that's <laughs> was like that's <laughs> definitely not happening. That's definitely not happening. <laughs> But I understand <laughs> that's the most PC there, thing in the world.
0: Their uh, their uh, CEO DMV goes, "I or he's he like, DM me and He's like, I he's like I, I hate cheese. He's like, that's why I I need a name change. And I was like lactose intolerance podcast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that was his reason. He's like, I don't like cheese. I guess I was like,
0: what do you mean Sw-
1: Switzerland? I, I mean like the, watches yeah, like and how, cheese, I, baby. Like how do you let that be a thing?
0: Maryland and and, you know crab cakes and football
1: yeah that that was funny I heard that I peeked up immediately I'm like wait what I was like we are definitely not changing our name sorry
0: that's the fuck people don't realize man things like names look you can make a generic name like something with time and clock in it and everybody (laughs) will forget you right
1: yeah yeah. you make a
0: stupid name like brodinky everybody <laughs> remembers it right and
1: and again if you forget why we made this name go back to episode one and and relearn yourself
0: but again it's it, first of all again nobody's going to forget what the f- Rich cheese radio what yeah you, wanna, you know yeah it, I know it, just reading it is enough to stick it in your mind and that's what people don't people so people don't understand is that it's
1: and that's okay it's it's for it's us as much
0: understand. a me it's as much a meaningful and playful name as it is something that stands out like and at the end of the day that's that's you know I, I don't I don't mean to get into to, to marketing here but like that that's what you do right
1: hey look man I just saw the I just saw the uh the biopic movie air okay Oh, and yeah, all, there you go. Oh, I'm bro. now what I consider myself a marketing expert.
0: Yeah, now okay? you're
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Very good. Very good, good movie, funny. though. Good movie.
0: Yeah, I know. I heard that. I heard.
1: Yeah, yeah. Have you not seen it yet? I have not. If you have Amazon Prime Video, it's free. Very cool. Yeah, so definitely go go check it out. It's a, it's a good movie. Also, I was going to ask you as a complete side note Did you finish season two of The Bear? I did. Okay. What'd you think?
0: Um, you know, I got kind of mixed feelings about the show, to be honest. Like, I don't know some of it. I mean, first of all, kind of neat. Um, side sidebar. Uh, if if you go to the scene where um, the two that are in culinary school, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right there, and it's I don't know how this happened. I owned. I've owned both of those knives that they're using. Oh no way! In that scene, so the the Mercer that he's using, yeah, yeah, Antico was one of my first knives, and then the Mac, which she's using, is a beast of a knife. It's awesome. It's a Japanese. It's it's a that's sort, the it's
1: that's the one, one that that uh, that he gives her
0: no 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 that's he gives her another japanese knife that she uses to the one she uses to, to fillet the fish that's a different yes. one the one she's using i think she's cutting vegetables with it but it's okay, it's okay it's definitely a product placement for for mac knives they're really really good and they're they're a japanese company and uh yeah you know the okay, steel what, what a, are we little, talking
1: price point wise
0: uh 200 okay, 150 this, maybe i can't remember yeah. it's been a while since i bought a knife um i sort of the like. uh like uh Nautilus of knives. So I, I really haven't looked at one in a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that was, so would you say that that would be like a high quality knife? Or oh, like it's a great knife. knife?
0: It's, yeah. That's all you, you, you're hard pressed to beat that. It's just, I wouldn't use that one for some of the harder tasks. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't crack a lobster with that one. Got it. You know, steel's a little softer, but because of that, it's really easy to make a really, really sharp edge fine, on fine it. edge. Yeah. It doesn't stay as long, but it's, razor sharp it's super good but uh yeah i have i just i don't know i have some mixed feelings about the show it just i mean some of them like dude the one episode, the christmas episode i just i almost had to turn it off
1: yeah that was was a lot too too much chaos that was a lot but i I think i've had a dysfunctional family man this this is kind of the
0: reason right (laughs) i get it it's what they're trying to yeah reinforce in the show but that uh in in
1: in all in all in all fairness i actually fast-forwarded through major segments of that episode And just skipped it to the next one.
0: The cameos are cool, but aside from that, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't spoil too much for anybody, but I will say this much that most walk in refrigerators I've been in, they have a safety latch.
1: I know that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the first thing I thought of too. Because, because I, I, you know, when I was in college, I was in a fraternity house and we had a full walk in freezer, oh, very nice walk in fridge. Like, we had a full kitchen, like a full commercial grade kitchen. We'd have a chef, uh, or you know. She was our house mom, but she was a chef and she would yeah. come in and she would make us breakfast, lunch, and dinner Monday through Thursday lunch and, or I'm sorry, Friday lunch. So she was there all the time and, you know, she was basically mom when we were all away from school, but yeah, I mean, we would go in there, we would take, you know, orders and we'd sit down with a Cisco rep and like write out, you know, what we were getting shipped to us. And like, we would stock the freezer in the fridge. And That's so pretty sick. you have like the little, the little glow in the dark turning knob yeah. That uh, that will some have release. the knobs,
0: some have the one you just punch. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, it, not not it, to not to <laughs> not to spoil anything, but like things like that kind of kind of irk me. Like I
1: understand uh, why it was there, but it was totally not realistic. Yeah, I get I'm it. Like, it. Yeah, I'm it like makes, that's not real. I know that that's scene. not
0: real. Some really really old ones don't have it, but again, it's a brand new one. So
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. They just put it in. Yeah. Anyways, it, but, it would have made sense if it was in the original kitchen when they started the show in season one. That would have made more sense, I think.
0: Yeah, but um, it's not a bad show. It's not a bad show. It's 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 cool. It gives a lot of perspective. It's you know something that I've I've many things that I've dealt with, gone through, etc. etc. on my sort of own personal journeys and things like that. So I find it neat. Um, you know some of the some of the personal relationships are a little annoying, but aside from that, I mean it's fun. It's a fun.
1: Yeah, the characters yeah,
0: yeah. are pretty fun. Uh, I don't know if you you know there's there's a lot of cameos, famous people. Um, even like the the funny guy with the tattoos and the mustache running around, who's like man, yeah, this yeah, guy yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's he's, he's, a, like he's, a,
1: a, he's like a he's like a YouTuber. So, and like, yeah, uh, famous dude. So famous chef. Yeah, for right. sure.
0: So uh, it's just funny to see like those guys peppered in. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, that's <laughs> cool. And actually, the uh the girl lead is plays April O'Neil in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
1: wait the 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 romantic interest
0: no 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 the girl lead the Susha.
1: oh gotcha 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 yeah, yeah yeah okay 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 so she plays april she plays, the, she, play, she, plays she plays the, the exact
0: exact same character her it's Which, the exact same character like the yeah. same like sort of unsure quirky like comic relief same character yeah. but
1: dry humor yeah yeah okay but she, but it's an animated, no? It is. It is. Animated. Yeah. So, so she, you yeah, plays, she plays she's the, she's the voice. The voice. Correct. She's okay. the voice of. That's how I was like, I, what? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. All right. Um, that's sidebar.
0: <laughs> yeah. So side, 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 <laughs> sidebar. But
1: it uh... <laughs> is what it is. What do you
0: yeah. uh You may have seen, I did tease that I do indeed have possession of this year's pink strap. It is wunderbar. I'm very impressed. I think it's going to fly off the shelves. So when you get the notification, I would definitely grab one um it's gonna be uh just a few details it's gonna be a little bit of a smaller run selection wise so it's only gonna be 20s and 22s with good reason um there are some fun little nuances thrown in this year um i do think it's a little a strap that lends itself a little more to a wider variety of enthusiasts which is great and i think there's 600 total Ooh so get them while they're hot um i think oh, they will be uh, officially released sometime in the next 2 weeks and uh yeah that'll be off to the races so looking oh forward to God. it and oh um, like i said if you if you if you're on the the mail list you'll know if you bought one previously you'll be on there too so you know just keep your heads up and get ready to roll i think it's going to be fun i think <laughs> i think they're going to go quick
1: Get ready to roll. Yes, I. I, uh,
0: <laughs> I don't mean to go all uh, you know Hodinky Le on you here, but I do think they are going to go fast. So, just, uh, yeah, just a heads up. And judging by the one that I have, and it's a lot of fun. It really is. I have it on uh, my blue Seiko and uh, the new one, and it's yeah. You're
1: you're you're teasing it to me. I'm like it's, ca- it's so cash excited. money. That's all I'm going it's it's so to say. Excited to All right,
0: but again, it'll be a very it'll be a what I consider a reasonable price point. It's a much more premium strap. It's gonna be a tad more expensive than the last one that was only 20 bucks, not by much, but, um, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a well-made premium yeah. strap and it's compared to other straps of that same, um, it is either the same or cheaper than every other one. So
1: yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah,
0: still doing the charity thing, still, uh, you know, just trying to keep it in the affordable range to get the best donations and all that. So something to look forward to. Like I'm it. hyped. I'm hyped. I'm ready for it. Uh, a little business uh, that I, we had talked about before the show regarding last episode, I believe it was. We were talking about Tom Brady with his, his new Rolex oh, obsession, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. How he was wearing his OP and then his his puzzle piece, Day-Date. Well, we were talking about <laughs> how he was such an IWC bro for so long, what happened, etc. I happened to stumble upon a post from IWC a few days ago. Of <laughs> his ex wife.
1: <laughs> this might explain it. So I
0: guess I guess she's still represented by them. Look, I don't know if there's bad blood somewhere or anything, or if they oh, chose, or if they did sure. the, if you've if you ever seen the breakup where they're like, we're choosing her. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, that, that's, that's exactly that's what, what it I is. picture happening because IWC is like, we're choosing her. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You're, 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 you're like football and you're not really fashion. So you're uh, football we'll, and
0: your career is over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, like we'll, uh,
0: she will. Still be beautiful when she's eighty. So we <laughs> yes. still, we've still got time on her. So... Yeah, you're done throwing footballs. So <laughs> I think I think we know what we're doing. So I I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I want to say that's why he's not rocking IWC anymore. I again conjecture. Sure, but but I just thought it was One, interesting. It, thought,
1: it would make sense.
0: I thought it was interesting based on what we talked about.
1: Last yeah, it time. would make sense. It would make sense. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right, I guess finally we could dive into the new stuff. Not a ton. <laughs> not a ton this week, but um, some fun. So we'll get into that. Um, I guess let's start with Grand Seiko. Some uh, mixed, mixed bag here, I'll say it is. So they dropped one that is unfortunately a limited edition for a Japanese store. Yeah, it's pretty pieces. cool looking. I think this is a pretty unique offering. And I think people would really like this one. Uh, it is the SBGE 303. Uh, like you said, super limited. It's for the Yokohama Takashima. Oh, sorry. Takashimaya store. And uh, it's basically like a like a sage green dial. Yeah, it's they're, pretty there. If you can remember, their sort of GMT offering the most recent one. It's got a uh, date window at four, I believe.
1: god yeah i can already Uh, see it what did we do
0: yeah but it's the dial color is really beautiful it's good it's good you have the the sort of uh you know 50 50 gmt layout on the outer bezel but the top is a darker green and then the bottom is white um just a good looking watch overall you know sporty and and it's sort of in their new iterations that they've been working i think this is probably the, the better of their their releases this week um, but like i said this is yeah. super limited which is a shame because i think people yeah. might might get a kick out of this one however they did release a u.s exclusive and oh, it's called yay. the katana collection now these don't look a ton different from other ones they've done. If you look at the red one, it's got a little bit more of a textured dial. It's a little cooler.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, gold power reserves, gold Yay. secondhands. You know, uh, I could take them or leave them. I'll just say that, as even as a Grand Seiko fan. Again, the red one's kind of neat, but
1: uh, but look, to be honest with you, you already have a red Seiko. Oh no, I'm not I
0: saying would I would shoot... buy one. No, no, I'm just no, saying. No, no, for no I'm me. just
1: saying, I'm just saying looking at what you have and then looking at this there is no way that i would choose this grand seiko over that king seiko i think the dials finish better i think the finishing overall and the case design is better i hate to have the the spring drive indicator on the dial especially where you can really prominently see it um and and like i was telling you off air you know this this 50 piece limited edition cool colorway is cool I think it's unique. I like that it's still Grand Seiko design. Cool. Whatever. This Grand Seiko Katana drop or whatever is a mail it in for sure. Because like, why this looks like everything else they produce.
0: I also don't really get the moniker like Katana. Where does Katana
1: even sharp? come in? All I see is like a product photo of like a sword. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that katana related here a little weird little it doesn't make sense and and may, okay maybe you could argue like the hands or the powers I, like i i legitimately don't know and i'm not going to take the time to find out and read it whatever justification they gave to it but at the end of the day these watches are just you know the finishing is gorgeous it's grand Sego it's everything expected it to be but When I look at this comparatively to everything else that they've produced in the past or in recent months or last year, there's nothing to me that is really stand out here where I'm like, yes, we have to go buy this watch. And like I told you, it's like it's getting to the point with Grand Seiko where they release so many things. I don't know if they're new releases or old releases or somebody just posting it from six months ago. I'm totally confused. And that's not a good thing.
0: Yeah, and that's why I I can't remember who I was talking with recently, but I was like, I I think it's time for a new line here somewhere, and well, not I mean, the obnoxious chronograph type line. Like, something well, I mean,
1: look, you and I talked about this. we were really hoping <laughs> for watches and wonders at, at launch this year. I was hoping for a dedicated sports watch line, whether it's a diver or something like an Aquaterra ish type of watch. You know, that kind of sport dress, whatever you want to call it. I think that that's what Grand Seiko needs here. And right now everything I think for most consumers is just too dressy. Is the technology great? Yes. Is the finishing outstanding? Absolutely yes. But if you don't start delivering something special and not just dials. We, we we've done the dials. We know you do good dials. Okay, great. Now what?
0: I'm looking now for what like, do, you do? I'm looking for like when Nissan bought the the brought the GTR over, you know, exactly. What is your even though they, they did have a GTR chronograph? So, oh, yeah, but, yeah um, that
1: was also horrible. It was, I mean, look, they it was like they did, gun- they did a Gundam, they did a
0: Gundam I think. They, I think it was like 47 millimeters, that thing, yeah. But, um, but yeah, but along those lines of like, here we go, this is what I've been waiting for, you know,
1: yeah. I, I, I just they need something that's really going to spice up the game because again, eventually. The American consumer, and now again, I'm not going to speak for the rest of the world, but I know the sensibilities for the most part in the United States. And I'm going to say that the American consumer in the next year or two, if Grand Seiko doesn't deliver something truly revolutionary, they're going to start slipping in sales. And what I'm hearing from the market is that that is already happening. Grand Seiko is slowly declining in sales popularity for a lot of people. Because everything just looks the same. When you buy one amazing Grand Seiko with a great dial, what else do you buy? Yeah, that's sort of it. Once you got one,
0: you don't really need another one.
1: You don't. So that's what I'm saying. You're going to need something that's sporty. That's something that you can really build off of. A case that can be a diver. It could be a GMT. It could be a sports stress watch. Something like that that can really mold itself into everything. And that be your new platform going forward, you know, for the future of your brand. Because if not, you know, it, it, you're gonna have to start doing something, and eventually, you're gonna have to start changing a little bit of your de- design language to meet the sensibilities of of your consumers. Like, I love this GMT, I hate the hands. I, they're just too small for me. I want them to be blockier, and you can do them in Zeratsu. They just need to have more, more oomph. If you will. left. Yeah, they just need to have more heft because I think visually comparatively to the to the quadrant markers, they're just not large enough. But I mean, that's a personal take. I just I I really want to see Grand Sego continue to do well. But they can only do that if they're going to continue to push technology and not just design. We know you do design. Well, what's next?
0: Yeah, and that's it. then that's that's kind of I think that's that's what a lot of people probably thought when they saw some of these these newer ones, like these, this black one or this. I can't even tell if that's gray or green, but yeah. Either way, again, I, I've I've forgotten it as soon as I've seen it. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's it's forgettable. I mean, yeah, I just yeah, yeah it. absolutely. You know, when they came out the seasons dials, people were like, "Whoa!" You know what I mean?
1: And then there was like forty thousand seasons, and everyone. Right, like, but Guys. then that
0: becomes the expectation. <laughs> then you see these, and you're like. The hell is this? Yeah. You know, I know what you're capable of. It's like,
1: all right. It we doesn't have to snowflake. be the
0: dial. Like, just put it somewhere else. You know, put that, that, you know, innovation, put that creativity somewhere else.
1: Absolutely. And, and so. it's so possible. It's so easy. It's just, you have to, you have to be willing to make something different. I think you have it would to be, be willing cool. to innovate their bracelets and you have to be willing to, to make something that can be worn every day by everybody.
0: Yeah, I think it would be cool if they if they went in their that sort of cheaper ranks that they have, like those quartz GMTs and stuff. If they revamp that stuff, right? Gives give us a high beat. Give us something, maybe not uh 41, 42 millimeters. You know, everybody's going a little smaller now. Give me a 38, 39 yeah. GMT, right? Hit something right in the sweet spot that's gonna you know, go head to head with the GMT master or something, you know, give me something like you're capable of it. We know you're capable of it.
1: Well, that, I mean, that's the thing. It's it, it, everyone knows it's capable capable of it. And you but know what their focus is so strictly on like continuing the finishing work, which we know you already do. Well, that's never been a question. As long as Grand Seiko has ever been a, in the conversation, in the United States, it's all about look at the amazing finishing. That's great. You got that unlocked. Now apply it to something that can be functional. Apply it to something that can be visually stunning. To me, to me, the most amazing looking Grand Seiko watches are the timepieces that have nothing but the time. Hmm. Like if you remember, they released those like really small, like thirty-six or thirty-seven millimeter time-only watches, no date, and they were like shades of green. Do you remember that?
0: Yeah, I do.
1: Absolutely amazing watch. Absolutely amazing. A little small, for my preferences, personally, but a very gorgeous-looking watch. The dials are very simplistic, very symmetrical, and they looked really sharp. Figuratively and literally, given the Zeratsu. But give me that dial language in something that can be a sports watch, not something on an alligator strap that I can only wear 20% of the year. Or on five percent of my life's occasions. That's what you're missing.
0: And you know what they say in a Bronx tale? Worst thing in life is wasted talent.
1: That's <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what it is. That's that's where I think that they're heading. And and like I said, word on the street is a lot of a lot of retailers are having to sit on inventory right now. Whereas that wasn't necessarily the case a year ago.
0: Well, good, would, news, it, sell. good news for all you folks is that means discounts.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But again, what that starts to mean is those brands are to slip in popularity of the collector or the enthusiast. And now retailers are going to be much more apprehensive about stocking them as deep in the lineup. So they're going to not, not want to stock as many models. So maybe the one that you're waiting on might not be possible to get in your area in the future. Who knows? And you know, now you're gonna have brands start to reevaluate their dealerships and their distribution channels. Mm. And that could be good or it could be bad. Because if it's in your area and they're just not turning units, well, they're probably gonna get closed. And they'll they'll reallocate that distribution somewhere else. So just be mindful. I mean, and maybe now's the time. Maybe now's the time to start pressing your AD before something does radically change. Yeah. So just letting everybody know.
0: All right. Up next, we have the Synchron Military Poseidon Black Edition. (laughs) You might have remembered they had a sort of ice diver motif on the previous one. This one is straight up black with bright yellow accents (laughs) and the Poseidon Uh, logo. And again, we, we sort of mentioned this last time. It's a little strange because Poseidon was in bed with Doxa. Yes. And now they're over here and we know the sort of storied past between Synchron and Doxa. Oh yeah. So it's a little, it's just a little peculiar, I guess you'd say.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, this is like
0: the, the the teenage (laughs) drama shows where like the, the, the girl shows up with a different guy
1: yeah this is very much like mean girls kind of yeah yeah this, here. Is,
0: this is exactly what that is
1: so i mean obviously doxa has has done stuff with poseidon synchron obviously back in the 70s and 80s when you know they kind of owned the doxa name and everything like that they were the parent company for a while you know obviously it has some rights to the doxa Synchron experience i guess so I'm very confused by this again because I don't know where to place it. I love the watch. It's very handsome. I mean it's a great looking watch um, the, the the ice diver version that they came out with uh, a little while ago which is kind of more of a gray tone uh, and a white colorway that was also very good um, so it's it's nice. I mean there's nothing to write home about here. It's a fantastic timepiece. Um, I think it's going to be a very, very nice looking watch. People that are going to want to get it are going to go out and they're going to have a great opportunity to get it. I think it looks good. So if you're, if you're interested in the black and yellow aesthetic uh, and you are looking for a new vintage inspired dive watch um, that has a great military and great diving history, uh, then go with this one. I think it's great. Uh also if you pre-order it, you'll get it a little bit less. It's nine ninety USD pre-order. Uh and once that expires, it'll go up to its regular price point of uh twelve ninety. So you That's can save bad. yourself a few it's hundred not a bad dollars. And, discount. Uh, yeah. You can uh you know put yourself uh in, in some uh, in a nice way and get yourself a unique watch. That's not not too bad.
0: I do like that about like all of these little brands like them, Aquastar, they they all do that discount for pre-orders which is yeah yeah a pretty sweet gig given given the landscape of you know uh lucky to pay retail and all the other nonsense that goes on <laughs> in this hobby right
1: yeah exactly
0: discount appreciated
1: yeah and and you know not bad not bad nope, you get nope. multiple straps you get uh you know, nice nice little packaging it is gonna be an le to only a thousand pieces so just so everyone is aware of that um, according to the website there's 158 left in stock that are going to be part of that introductory price point so um of that 1000 you know roughly 150 or so by the airing of this episode are left available that you can pay for and uh, and receive the piece uh in November of this year
0: all right uh what else there's a couple other things I know Tiso had something.
1: Yeah, so this is nothing too crazy, uh, but I thought it was it was worth mentioning. I saw it uh, kind of, I guess, press launch through uh, the Scottish Watchers podcast, and I took note of it because I just really liked the design. Uh, but Tiso is kind of carrying off the heritage from their uh, 1938 telemeter series that came out either last year or the year before, um, and they released a 1938 kind of basically time-only variation of this. Uh, these are 39-millimeter watches. They're chronometer certified. Um, They have exhibition case backs with basically, you know, a lower tier t movement, but it's going to be visible through a case back. It's going to have some nice specs about the movement and everything like that. Price point is very attractive. It's 825 U.S. at retail. Oh. And there is a version that is a date version with a small seconds, and that'll be just over $1,000 uh, for that particular variation. So, Really attractive watches, um, very kind of sector dial-ish, you know, without kind of the divisions in the quadrants. But you got that very similar classic um, Art Deco typeface and, and Art Deco logo and stuff. that was great with Tissot watches back in the day, uh, but a really cool design that I think uh, is, is going to be popular with people. It's simplistic. It looks good. The salmon dial is probably my It's on a gray pebble-grained leather strap. Yep. It's a nice combo. Um, it, it's it's a really nice combo. But uh, even the other two models, I think, will be really cool as well. So if you're interested in taking a look at it, um, they're on the website.
0: Yeah. And then the last one up, uh, just kind of a funny mention given what we talked about in our last episode. Uh, Bell and Ross has a sweet new diver out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. It's a bronze yes.
0: diver. I believe it is the BRO392 diver so uh bronze and it's it's sort of got the all the the all bronze everything motif it's like bronze with a, a dark copper bezel with a creamy sort of champagne dial mm-hmm. and bronzish hands so like bronze on bronze on bronze but it's it's very <laughs> handsome uh yeah it's it got, looks
1: good it looks good
0: it's got a lot going for it uh just just a, a cool watch overall but uh just pretty funny given we were talking about the last time yeah so how we how we <laughs> like kind of their aesthetic but this is it looks good it looks it's
1: uh, it's nice price point is pretty decent uh it's forty seven hundred dollars so not for a
0: 999 piece le by the way
1: yeah so it's not uh not a horrible price point um they did also come out with a couple other little teasers here but nothing we'll go into but they did come out with a skeleton watch uh in 40 millimeter in their br05 series so Um, A couple things that uh, Bell and Ross has been working on and debuting kind of systematically throughout the year. So go to their website, check them out. Very cool designs. It's uh, one of the most iconic recent design to watch I think is, is probably the best way to look at it. And I don't know. There's something always about that cockpit look that just is still to this day, pretty sick. So that's it. That's That's all the new stuff.
0: Yeah. That's all the new, 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 Yeah, today, uh, I wanted to. uh, I was sort of just going back to old episodes and I was just kind of picking over things that I I liked and sort of things we had fun with. I can't remember if it was the sort of overlooked and underrated episodes or the um, like the hidden, I can't remember if it was like hidden, like hidden treasures or or just like, or (laughs) just like ones that we, uh, or like there was one that we like watches we would kill for or something like that but it there were ones that like were just super sort of off the radar and obscure and like not a ton of people talked about them i know you had some wild ones that i, I didn't even know existed and i <laughs> i feel like just, those are just like so fun and so i just i thought it was it was it's been a long enough time to do a round two of that and yeah. uh i know i have i think i have one that's a little mainstream but the other two are pretty sweet i think uh, they're just being kind of whacked out and and crazy um so I guess I'll start with my mind first because it'll, yeah. be, uh, it'll be it'll um, be appropriate, I guess, for uh, you know what we do here. <laughs> um, so I always talk about how much I enjoy the Speedmaster, uh, the racing dial. The it's mm-hmm. gray with the orange and red, and the the you know sort of run of the mill speedy. Of that model is now very expensive. However, there's a rendition of that that is not so expensive. Still pretty reasonable, to be honest. And that's the Mark II Speedy Ooh, Racing. Nice. 145.014, I believe. Now, if you're familiar with the Mark II, it's a little bit of a, a chunkier case. Uh, it's a 41 millimeter, sort of that cushion vibe to it you could still get that sweet bracelet actually it comes with a few different bracelets which are really cool you know kind of pick your poison but
1: and you're and you're talking about a vintage
0: yes vintage, right? vintage.
1: okay I, yeah, I, so yeah i've got no I, recent I like to pick, too. yeah
0: yes i like to pick out of the uh you know the, the old stuff because um i feel like we talk a lot about the new on here and everybody always talks about you know what's hot what's trendy who's wearing this new one yeah, I like to pick yeah. old ones because people can still source these. And like I said, there are ones, I think you can get these between three and four grand, like really not bad. And pretty
1: consistently, pretty consistently. Considering
0: what these go for in the sort of um, quintessential speedy format. Yeah. That's really a, a not a bad price.
1: No, no, I, I agree with you. And this is actually one of those watches, which is a fantastic pick, by the way. If anybody's out there listening right now to the podcast, And they have been looking for a Speedmaster for a very long time, but now things in in the normal Moonwatch range have been steadily creeping up and creeping up and creeping up in price point. I mean, now you're looking at a slightly used Speedy and you're almost at retail in most cases these days. This is still one of those watches that is, in every way, it's a Speedmaster. It's a Moonwatch. It just was never flight qualified for it. And the reason why it's called the Mark II and maybe you don't know this, there's no Mark 1. I don't know if you knew that. There's no Mark 1 because okay. the Moonwatch is already the Mark 1. Yeah. So the Mark 2 is supposed to be the second evolution of the Speedmaster, and it was supposed to be tested for by NASA for spaceflight. When Omega submitted this new design, which was a radical design change from the Moonwatch to NASA, the, NASA was like, look, we already knocked it out of the park with the first one. We don't need to retest a new case and everything. We already know it's going to work. So we'll just stick with the one we got. And so because of that, the Mark II kind of just got pushed away, um, you know, kind of to the side because it was it was not the Moonwatch. But the reason it was called the Mark II is because it was supposed to be the second version of the Moonwatch for space flight.
0: And I do think this layout and this case shape Lend itself pretty well to laying over, you know, an astronaut yeah. suit. I think it would work very well.
1: Yeah, it's going to protect it very well. And 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 here's the here's the kicker. Um, the biggest problem and uh, an obstacle that's becoming less and less of an obstacle these days is the case. A lot of these cases were butchered by people over the years. They're rounded out. They don't have the original edging and and, and the polishing. And and I know for a fact when I was still working and selling Omega, we had a couple of these through my tenure come and go, come to the store and get sent out for servicing. These Mark Twos, when they're finished at the factory, I learned from our rep that they're all hand polished without any type of guide, so they're all hand finished without any type of sight. And and the people who do them only exclusively do these types of cases, these pilot style cases, because. The radial brushing from the center around the dial is so specific in its angle that only the most trained people can do it. Now, I will say this. I knew back then that Omega still produces replacement Mark II cases. You can get a brand new Mark II case today. Uh, And if that becomes less and less of a reality as parts and things start to slowly get dated out um, or, or less prevalent, you have so many guys that are amazing laser welders these days where you could fix any one of these cases, no problem. I mean, have you seen these guys out of LA and these dudes that like do the, the Grand Seiko refinishing and all this stuff?
0: I've seen them rebuild Rolex bracelets and lugs and things. It's and the, It's quite impressive.
1: These guys are insane. They're insane. And if they can do that, they could do this for sure. And to me, this is, this is, you said it right. This is one of those watches that's so under the radar. You can pick one up for about three grand or so. Nobody wants them because the design yes. is so different.
0: Right. Yes. That's how You're it goes. Right. Yes. Right? That's how it goes.
1: Nobody wants them, but I, I've always wanted one of these watches because they're so good looking. There's just something so funky and seventies about these watches that is, is perfect. And even still back then, like you could find these with decimal bezels, telemeter bezels, yeah, like
0: some cool pulsometer
1: stuff. Bezel, like they were cool. So if you can go on, find a Mark II and, and get some, get some work done to it. Like you can have yourself a pretty sweet freaking watch.
0: By the way, while we're on the topic of Omega and pretty sweet, freaking watches, uh, our buddies over at DC vintage just posted a new old stock. Peter Blake, 41 millimeter automatic. Stop. stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to look at it. I'm like, just, I was like, just, just lock the wallet in the safe. So I, <laughs> I can't, so I can't. I
1: know. I know. I know. Okay. So I'm going to go on with, with my pick. So I, I'm kind of going in progression of tameness to, okay. to, to something I think is, is pretty profound. Um, So for me, I'm also gonna do something from Omega, and 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 as I told you off air, like I just picked all Omegas this time because I think there's something in unique enough within this brand that like, you look at some of these decades and like the entire collections have changed. Well, this is one of one of these watches that uh, that I actually forgot about for a long time, and then recently I was watching uh, Wristwatch Revival, and Marshall on the channel actually serviced one of these. Oh, all right. And I was like, oh, man, this was such a cool watch. I've seen one before in person, and they're very funky. They're very 70s, and this is the Omega Seamaster Cosmic 2000 Diver. It's a steel sports watch, rotating bezel, part of the Cosmic series, but it was a dive watch, or skin diver, as it was called back then. Um, Very, very interesting watch, but very funky and very cool especially with the integrated bracelet omega didn't do a lot of these types of watches but uh um it was a very very water resistant watch because it used a very unique case sealing mechanism so the case would actually pop out in a full capsule and then you would have to kind of do some tricky work to remove it from the top up um so was a very unique design they did time only versions they did date versions and day date versions so um, there there's quite a few things to play with over the years, but just a really funky, funky watch that I think would be very cool. And again, this is one of those design eras for a brand where they're just not that popular. And so you can pick one up for reasonable money, for sure.
0: Yeah, I'm getting uh, some... It reminds me a lot of th- uh, other Seamasters that I like, like the 120... Exactly. You know, so, I mean, this is cool. I mean, the one I'm looking at even has a cyclops,
1: (laughs) which is sort of like
0: off-brand for them, but...
1: And and back then, those cyclopses used to be applied internal.
0: Interesting. So they
1: they would magnify underneath the crystal and not add any additional thickness to the top of the crystal.
0: No crown guards.
1: Yeah, no crown guards. And if you ever flip it over, and it's kind of hard to find an image of it flipped over, but you can literally see how literally the entire movement and dial and crystal and everything is like encased in like a puck and it pops out the back. Oh, I see it's, that. Yeah. It's I so see it weird.
0: From the case back.
1: Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> so sometimes they worked really well and they sealed very well. And then sometimes they had issues when they didn't seal it all. And it's kind of like, okay, base. well I flooded this watch. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that's a neat pick. I mean, it, it's sort of like a kind of like a basic watch, but it's very clean.
1: It it is very clean. It's very clean. And, and there's interesting a couple
0: integrated case. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there was a couple like in the silver dial variation, which looks really good, but mostly it was just kind of like your classic black dial.
0: I recently saw a wild vintage Omega. It's a quartz and it, it almost has it looks like a royal oak bracelet on it.
1: Yeah, it's the it's a Jacques Mayon 120. Those
0: are sweet.
1: Yeah, I had a buddy of mine that actually owned it, and I and I think I think he actually should have held on to it a little bit longer yeah, they're he expensive sold it. he sold it <laughs> so he bought it he probably bought it for under a thousand dollars then sent it to omega for switzerland or to switzerland to, to have it completely worked on and back then it was unique about that watch is the crown was not screwed down if i remember correctly and essentially as you would go deeper in depth the crown would literally press against the case to make it even more watertight. Okay. And it made sense for Jacques Mayal. He was a free diver. He's like, they called him the dolphin man and this whole thing. But they made this watch for him. And it was a 120 meter diver. I think it had like a sapphire crystal bezel or something like that, which is super crazy for like, this is like that 1980s. Yeah. And they came in all steel or two-tone and everything. And they had the craziest clasp I've ever seen on a watch. Instead of doing a micro adjustment, when you would open up the clasp, there would be this giant butterfly mechanism with a bunch of giant holes in it, and to compensate for the wetsuit, you would just clasp it in a different hole.
0: Oh, wow. So
1: literally, the the buckle would close in whatever hole you wanted it to be, and that would extend the length of the bracelet. It is like the most ingenious... Almost like a
0: ratcheting... And it wasn't even it
1: wasn't even ratcheting it would just like open and it would be like 10 holes so you could literally just like open the clasp as normal and just plug it into whichever hole you yeah, wanted. that's neat and that would that would allow it to expand it's just like just ingenious and then we're over here like yeah i want to push down micro adjustment on the fly it's like that is the quickest on the fly extension ever you just open it move it and close it i'm like all right here we go but it's really pretty watch and now, I think he sold it for about $1,200 maybe four or five years ago.
0: To like three or four or yeah, five Yeah, and they're like double percent. that. They're like double.
1: <laughs> and, his, and his, when it came back from Switzerland, was literally mint. Uh, I was like, are you sure you want to sell this? He's like, yeah, I need the cash. I'm like, typical story, bro. You should hold on yeah, to it. He's that's like, how it goes. They're never going to cool. go up in value. And I was like, okay. <laughs> now he's like, I should have never sold it. I'm like, I told you five years ago, but you don't listen to me. It's fine.
0: All right, my next one. Actually, this is going to be pretty weird given the watch we just talked about. Um, It's a Breitling. Ooh. It's off the reservation a wee bit. Uh, it's from the 70s. Uh, I believe it's called the Breitling Referee. I think it's referenced. To oh, yes. So this is a soccer timer, and you can tell that because it it has a chronograph layout, but it's got a uh, sort of a red uh, around the the outer ring there it's got red going Mm in uh from 12 all the way around to nine which is 45 minutes 45 minutes about soccer that's a half and uh so it was made for for soccer timing sort of in the uh inspiration that omega had it's a 40 Mm -hmm. millimeter case and this one has a pop-out module <laughs> so much like the watch we just talked about.
1: That is so weird. That is yeah, so weird. Very
0: weird. You can pop it out of the case and it's almost like you could hold it in your hand basically as a stopwatch. Like,
1: like a stopwatch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you
0: just put it back in the, the case through the back and you can wear it as a, a wristwatch. And, it, and it, I've seen them on pretty sweet, uh sort of like Rally Tropics. and They look really good. Yeah. Uh, they have that fat, sort of slow chrono hand.
1: Yes, because it is actually a slow chrono. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that.
0: And, uh, it's just a neat layout. I. And I'm trying to figure out, I don't know what that is at six o'clock.
1: So that's the indicator to let you know the chrono is running.
0: Okay, all right.
1: Yeah, Got so it. like there's a, um, I, think it, I think it's like three different colors. One is like fully filled out if it's like running. One is like partially filled out if it's running, but it's currently stopped. Okay. And then it's like completely blacked out if it's not running at all. And because you have to keep in mind the way the slow chrono mechanism is or functions is, that giant hand only moves after each minute has passed.
0: Right, it's a, it's a minute timer. Yeah. So there's no
1: consistent second timer that indicates that that anything has happened. So that's basically the way to let you know, hey, your watch is actually running and doing stuff. Because if not, you know, an entire minute will pass and you have no idea if you started
0: the timing mechanism or not. Yeah, you won't know until several minutes have gone by.
1: You're like, oh, no, I didn't actually start timing anything. I guess we're playing three minutes longer this game.
0: Well, maybe that's how they got to the the system where you have to add three minutes at the end of it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, well, just uh, just pedalizing. Adding
1: adding whatever I want. It's fine. There's no rules here.
0: Extra time and such. Yeah, that's funny. It's very funny. But yeah, I just thought this was a cool watch. Where did you
1: see this? I literally uh, just saw this watch last week. There's somebody I, I follow why.
0: that that posts wild old vintage watches and it's just like it's I
1: just started following that guy this week and that's why I saw this watch. Yeah, I'm like cool page, I know exactly cool which watch page. you're talking about. Yeah, cuz he, he even said it was like the Omega, the Omega Soccer Timers from the 70s as well. Yep. So yep. cool. So. But a pop-out module, so funky. Like very very how, cool.
0: How how many times would you just throw any two random watches out of a hat, and they would both have a pop out module.
1: <laughs> you know, I, I'm just saying. Can we just go back to the '70s because the '70s were '70s wild.
0: is the best. They really, <laughs> the were, '70s really were was.
1: wild. Like, I just want technological development, groundbreaking, radical designs, and just like
0: just Piles we're just gonna flow. do it. Wait, what? We're just gonna do it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, all right. So, moving on to to my watch, a little bit more crazy than than uh, than your standard. Standard fare with the Cosmic. Uh, and it's actually a newer watch, too. So there's a few different versions of it, but it has one kind of universal reference, and I'm not going to go through the number, but you guys can Google it. But it is the Omega DeVille Prestige Chronograph caliber 861. So this that is a unique familiar. watch. <laughs> yeah, this is a unique watch in the sense that it was produced in kind of the first run of Omega's Deville Prestige collection, which came out, I think, in the 90s, like 94, 97, somewhere around there. Doesn't matter. But these were all classically inspired dress watches. And back then, Omega was doing some funky stuff. You guys have seen uh one of our buddies from one of the fellow podcasts has a Deville Prestige like Tono shaped case. Uh and he's his is in gold. It's a really, really good looking watch and then on top of that they also did like a uh, a jump hour like salmon dial jump hour before salmon dials and jump hours were even cool in watches and they did all these things in the deville prestige line but one of the watches that they did that was never super mainstream because it was never really sold in the united states was they made a 36 millimeter chronograph part of the deville line in steel and gold but it was 36 millimeters with a caliber 861 movement inside. So it has a manual wine Speedmaster movement inside this dressy package. And you can pick one of these up for 2,500 bucks. Wow. Well under $3,000. If you buy it on leather strap, it's even less. I've seen them as low as $2,100 and that's kind of crazy given it's one of the most legendary chronograph movements of all time and it's packaged ever so discreetly in this little chronograph and 36 mil it's great wearing so it's a cool watch most of the watches that you can find if you do a Google search um they will be unfortunately in Asia because that's predominantly where they were sold they were never sold really in the US so if you if you find any listings, you're like, oh, these are all in Hong Kong and Asia, I'm like, yeah, there's there's a reason for that. It's just because that's where it is. So maybe if you got uh if you got the resources and you can make it happen, maybe you just take a flight over the to Japan or, or if Hong you happen Kong, to be there. going over there. Right? Yeah, I mean, just why not see if you can pick one of these up? Because they're they're dirt cheap. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants these watches. And this is always one of those watches I've kind of reluctantly, you know, wanted to not tell people about because the prices are so good and I've just kind of been waiting to pick one up for myself because it's such an amazing caliber in a very cool package and nobody expects it to be what it is, you know? And it's, it's nothing, it's no frills. It's nothing crazy, but, um, just a very, very cool watch that I think more people given if they have the resources and they want to get something from a brand like Omega, this is, this is something very cool.
0: Yeah, it's, something different for sure. This is not your typical, you know, typically the Omega chronographs are a little bigger, a lot of 41, 42s. This is something dressy, something smaller.
1: It's like, can we go back there, please?
0: (laughs) I mean, it's neat. Even the ones that are so people have taken off the bracelet and dressed them down a little bit. They're just very, very interesting looking.
1: And I would and I would totally rock this on a on a leather strap for sure. Just something simple, calfskin, no alligator. Yeah, it looks, or anything it looks too dressy. elegant,
0: but not like overly dressy on, on the leather.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's honestly why I like it so much. Is just it to me, it just is very classic and very simple. And the people who will um, like, even if you look at the dial, it doesn't even say anything. It just says Omega, right? Like there's nothing else. No chronograph, no manual. Like it's just literally Omega. With an applied logo, I was like, "That's pretty stealthy, man."
0: Yeah, I'm trying to find a salmon one here that you're talking
1: about. <laughs> well, so the salmon ones were for the jump hour, which is a different. Oh, okay. One. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the they made these in a few different color variations, but they were all pretty boring. Um, you had like a silver, like an opaline color. One had like framed out subdials. One had not framed out subdials, and then they made like a traditional black.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, in another strange turn of events here, my friend, I will see your 36 millimeter chronograph and raise you a 36 millimeter chronograph. (laughs) Okay. I've got one. I'm sure you've probably seen it before in passing. I don't know if a lot of people know what this watch is, but it's one that's always caught my eye because it's just very striking looking. And anytime I see it, it's, it kind of looks like it's looking right back at you. Um this is the Universal Genève Tri-Compax mm. Panda. Uh I believe the reference is 881101-01. It's so it's four subdials, but one of them being a uh, oh. a date <laughs> and a moon phase. Yeah, so if you can imagine almost how the Omega Speedmaster Moon Phase Mm -hmm, is laid out, mm -hmm, right? Sort of 12, 3, 6, 9. Same layout. The uh, date and Moon Phase are at 12. And then you have three other sub dials in the 3, 6, and 9. It's Panda. It's got a red Chrono Seconds hand. Uh, A lot of these have really nice cream patina around the the markers around the outside. And you're getting a triple calendar on this one. <laughs> I'm getting heard, a lot of things. I'm yes, just, there's <laughs> a lot going on here and that's what kind of what I like about it. And it's all packed it's in a, a 36 millimeter watch. So that dial is packed and it's busy, but it's very cool. You're, you know, obviously the Panda aesthetic is caught Fire. In the past, I, but I don't, I don't know, even know what to years. call
1: this because it's almost not even like a pan, it's like an alien face, you know. Well, that's what's and cool
0: about it is it's, it's it it looks like it's staring right back at you. That's what I always like about this watch. It's just yeah. a neat little package. I've heard these movements can be a little testy. I mean, there's a lot going on. I assume they're not easy to
1: construct yeah, yeah, or yeah. work on. Oh, for sure, for sure.
0: But I mean, it's a, it's definitely a uh, a neat pick, and I know uh, Universal. Took off in the vintage markets with the pole router, but this is yeah. something. It's a little, a little, a little off and, the
1: the pole the router, path, and everything like that. Do they call this the? There's like an evil something.
0: That would be a good nickname for it if they did, because I think it does, they called it, this the looks evil, looks something. Evil. <laughs> evil.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this one, they uh so I think Eric Clapton wore one of these. Oh, okay. And so this one is is nicknamed the Evil Clapton. So I think it depends on if it's a white dial black subdials or if it's a black dial so is it, is it the
0: Clapton and Evil Clapton
1: I think so I think that's kind of what i Shadow Clapton. It. I mean Shadow Clapton would have been cooler yeah. like, well it's you know.
0: like at the end of every 90's video game where you had to fight yourself the Shadow whatever <laughs> pe- fighter you picked you had to fight the Shadow version yeah yeah yep, yep. <laughs>
1: Shadow Clapton oh yeah Shadow Clapton would have been way cooler than Evil Clapton I'm like that's you know He's cool, man. in America, cool. yeah, in America. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, okay, uh,
0: all right, let's go. I,
1: I will say this though: this is a cool pick. I've always been a fan of Universal Geneva. I can't afford them. No, like these, said, are they have, these are expensive. These like they, grand. they have been going crazy high in the in the vintage market, and it's and it's it's so sad. Like somebody, this is a this is a brand that should be worth zombifying and resurrecting. Yeah, you know what for I sure. mean, like. Like, let's just get the guys from Nevada and just, like, just yeah, go buy right. UG and just, like, let's get a pole router again. Let's get a, you know, one of these watches again. That would be so cool. Um, go do it because I think the industry needs it. There's such an impressive back catalog from all of their different lines. And they did some amazing stuff. And, like, they're so irrelevant now unless you are in the vintage collector space. And that's what's so odd to me is because they were so profoundly amazing that it's hard there's, that they that even they didn't exist, they don't exist anymore. There's
0: a lot of very cool vintage, even even non pole routers. If you go back, there's a lot of really neat 70s watches with all those yeah. design cues that people pay crazy money for in other watch models that are Just they're out there and they're and not a lot expensive. of
1: these watches. A lot of these watches were made by Sing- like the dials were made by Singer, who's doing the dials yeah, for yep, Rolex. And yep. like the, I mean, this is one of my favorite watches ever. As a, as a side note, the it's the uh Universal Geneve Compact, what they call the Exotic Blue. Mm. Um, this watch is awesome, it's got like a turquoise bezel insert, it's chrono. Um, and then it has like a darker dial and like lighter shades around the subdials. it's a really really good looking watch but just so funky and cool that i wish we could go back to that you know and you have your guys that are trying to do it like uh what's that what's a guy who's been uh producing kind of copy copy watches off, off of these watches um you work with Hudinky, messina Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's been doing ton, kind of something similar. But anyway, um, last, my uh, last sad by here. So, also, you know, I'm actually surprised with, with the picks. I think they've been pretty good so far. Uh, the last pick that I have is also an Omega, as I, as I pointed out before. Um, but this is just one of those watches that you're either going to absolutely love it or you're going to immediately want to hate it. And this is the Speedmaster Teutonic.
0: Oh, nice.
1: This is such an amazing watch. And I keep seeing it over and over and over. Every once in a while, it pops up on my feed. And I'm like, yeah, I need to go pick one of these up. And if you're a Speedmaster collector and you don't know anything about the Teutonic, like you need to go check it out. This was a watch that came out in the 1980s. It was specifically designed for the German market, hence the name Teutonic, which basically applies to, you know, of German descent or heritage or whatever and essentially this was a speedmaster caliber 861 that was put into a integrated bracelet very funky asymmetrical case design and it's a very odd watch we did they did them in the traditional black dial they did them in a gray dial they did them in a two tone they did them in a moon phase it was such a weird thing that omega did and Everyone hates them because they're so ugly. But this grayed out, like, ghosted version with the sandblasting on the case and the integrated bracelet is just so sick to me. Like, that's what I would get, this gray version of the Teutonic. And you can pick these up for, again, it's kind of like a Mark II. You're in that, like, $2,500 to $3,000 price point and this is a watch at a meetup nobody's ever seen it like no they may have seen it online but they've never seen this in person I think one of the boys from Fratello has one of these or and well, somebody somebody wrote about this a long time ago
0: do you remember when I sent you a picture of one of these
1: did you see one
0: remember I was with your boy oh yes red that's bar. right that's right that's I right I brought hey, hey, a red yeah. bar and the dude had two he had a uh, gray and a black one, yeah. And I was looking at it, and he was like, These are the Teutonics, and I was like, I know who I have to send this to.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right, I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, this is just one of those watches, man. That's just like when you see it, you're like, This feels familiar, and then you're like, Wait, why? This doesn't look at all what, like what I thought. It doesn't even have the professional designation on it because it's not a pro, it's just a speedmaster. It's weird, right?
0: Yeah, it is. They were cool though very cool in person
1: yeah it's uh I, I i've i've never seen one in person but i've always wanted to and uh it it's kind of like this one of those watches like i just want to add and like why not mm-hmm. it's just
0: so weird
1: very nice that's, that's, a that's a nice one to round
0: it out yeah, one more that I saw recently. I don't want to I don't want to put it. I don't want to have it as an official one, but I don't know if you uh one of the the major uh, vintage resellers I follow put up a a rare iteration of a Tudor Chrono and it's orange dial. Is it
1: Preference, like a big block or something?
0: So it's it's from 2004, so it's right in you know, yeah, that age range. 79 280p. Orange dial. It's pretty striking. It's very oh, impressive.
1: Oh, I have seen this. Yeah, yeah. It's a Tiger. Yeah, so... Yeah, not not a big bug. It's a Tiger. Yeah.
0: It's a cool watch, though, man.
1: Yeah, it's funky as hell. They also did a red dial and a yellow dial back then. And, oh, crap. That's a salmon dial Tiger? I've never seen that. That's pretty sick, too. The 79-280... Is that the same reference number?
0: P. This one is a P, but I don't know if that okay. makes a difference.
1: Okay. Yeah, I think it does.
0: But just really, really neat. I mean, this—that's just a very all, like off-brand for them. And when you see stuff like that, like during yeah. that, like that—that that would make sense today, given the yeah. landscape of things.
1: And 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 here's the thing: why don't they do it?
0: They should just bring this back. Realistically, well, I don't I'm really have anything it- in.
1: I'm Orange. hoping that, that teaser from I'm hoping that that teaser from uh, from Only Watch the solid gold big block ish chrono that they teased earlier remember that?
0: Yeah, that would be cool.
1: Like if we get that in stainless steel and we kill off the Baytona, it needs to die. Like anything that is not a Black Bay diver needs to die.
0: I mean it had its run. It was novel for when it came out and then Yeah, uh, but it's
1: it's too fat. It's done its thing. It's, it's too thick and people don't like it. And you know they get a chance to buy it because they they do they do reserve those they hold them, and when people get a chance to buy it, they're like, yeah, it's too fat, it's too thick, and slab sided, and all that stuff. You know, this would be much cooler. Yeah. It's exotic in its color, and it has
0: and, it has a little more heritage. It, it it still resembles Daytona, even though the layout's different. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. This looks more like a Daytona. For yeah,
0: sure. absolutely
1: especially the old like 2000s like steel bezels, you know, El Primero style. You know, that that generation of Daytona, this looks exactly like that. Obviously it's not, but it certainly does.
0: But hey, for everybody who ever wanted a Daytona with a date. <laughs>
1: yeah, there's also that. There is also that. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the Tudor Prince dates. And the Tudor Big Blocks. Those are...
0: Bring them back.
1: I mean... Do it. Just do it. Yeah. You know where I sit on this. Tudor needs to get itself away. It was, again, last sidebar, but I saw somebody that was like, yeah, Tudor's going to surpass Omega, and I was like... Only if they can get away from the Black Bay. And someone's like, well... You know, they have a 37 millimeter offering. So if you want a super small, then you get that one. If you don't, then you get the, the 58 and you get a 39 millimeter offering. You don't like that one, you get a 41 millimeter offering. And it's all the same watch and the same sizes, just depending on which one you like. And I was like, that's a, I don't like that take.
0: Well, here's the thing if you're going to go one for one, tit for tat, if you will, right? Let's just say you're going to try to throw the, you're going to throw the Black Bay up against the, C, the Seamaster. Okay. Now you need something to match the Aquaterra, which you don't have. You need something to match the Speedmaster, which you certainly don't have. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the list goes on from there. But you, when you think like the the heavy hitters of Omega, you know, popular in this market.
1: You, and I think that's and I think that that's the problem is people only think about Omega as like Seamaster Diver 300 meter or Speedmaster.
0: Right. And you don't even and think about the 300, which is dope watch.
1: Yeah. It's that, not even the same. Like these people have no idea but I decided it was a very like lukewarm take. And I was like, you know, I don't agree with that at all. I don't agree with that. At I all.
0: think it's pretty short sighted. And at that point you got, you kind of just got to discredit that person altogether. So,
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure some of our listeners watched that video. So, um, yeah. There, there's my hot take. I didn't think that that take was uh, was good at all. So there you go.
0: There I'm it is. Go back to editing. All right. Well, I think we've done our job here. We've droned on long enough. We sidebar the sidebar <laughs> to the sidebar. So
1: yeah, sidebar to the, to the, uh, squared.
0: That's right. Assistant to the regional manager. Now, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, episode 95 coming up Oof. countdown. The countdown is on my, friend, oh. so, uh,
1: oh. <laughs> oh, it's scary.
0: It is scary. 100 100 weeks in a row this was not in a row sorry 100 weeks almost consecutively
1: yes almost consecutively there was one there was one (laughs) uh but i love it wouldn't have it any other way
0: and we will see you all for episode 95 next week be good kids thank you take care